Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Margot from your favorite Mark. I am so happy to be recording this episode. It is long overdue. I first want to congratulate everyone for making it to the middle of 2020. This year has been absolutely insane to say the least. So give yourself a pat on the back, take a shot, give yourself a round of applause because if you're listening to this, you made it to July 2020. So way to go. We're still pushing through. We're still here. So I originally wanted my first episode just to kind of be about me. I wanted to kind of tell you guys who I am, what my background looks like, and why I actually started this podcast. But that can wait for another time. Due to the current climate and everything that's happening here in the U.S. right now, I just really want to take a moment and just kind of talk about that instead. Um, If you're not from the U.S., you have probably seen it in the news at some point, but there is a full-blown revolution happening here. And to be honest, it's very exciting and it's very empowering. As you know, I'm a black woman. I was born and raised in the South. I know what it's like and I've seen firsthand what racism looks like. I've seen what police injustice towards black and brown people looks like. I've seen prejudice. I've kind of seen it all, even though I've only been on this earth less than 30 years. When you're born in the South and there are people that are there that still hold on to you know, what their past generations have taught them, Um, They're not afraid to show it. (laughs) They're not afraid to speak it. And I think right now, a lot of people are showing their, their true colors and we need to see it. Everything affects us. People hate us because of the color of our skin. People hate us because of the shapes of our noses. People hate us because of the texture of our hair. And people hate black black and brown people just because, you know, for absolutely no reason. So. It's, it's crazy to think that we are seeing it all really come to a head right now, but I think it's absolutely necessary. I think that we're all seeing this. I know that we're all seeing this now because of what happened in May back in Minneapolis with George Floyd. So just a little backstory. I, other than living in Alabama, majority of my life, I just so happened to be living in Minneapolis, Minnesota for just under two years. No, I relocated from Minneapolis down to Dallas, Texas earlier this year. And it was just something that I needed, but I still had friends and people that I cared about back in the city. So when I saw on the news the way that George Floyd was murdered in the street, my heart absolutely broke. My heart just completely, it just completely shattered because this is something that Black people constantly 
have to hear and see and try to internalize and process. And we've been having to do so much of it, basically our entire lives, whether we know it or not. But this one hit different. It just hit different for me because everything that happened after George's murder kind of really set things in motion for the revolution that's taking place now. The city burned, people got out in the streets and they were expressing themselves. They were marching, they were protesting. On one hand, it was amazing to see because I think a lot of people don't think about Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think the three things people think about when they think about Minnesota and Minneapolis in particular are Brutal Winters, Bob Dylan, and Prince. I don't think people think anything else. People may think about Lizzo and her Minnesota Vikings boo now, but prior to that, I don't even think people really thought about Minneapolis. Heck, half the time people can't even say the name of the city right. When I saw everything that was happening, I was so surprised and excited because here's Minneapolis, this town that people just don't really think about all the time when you think about major cities. I was so excited to see the community and the people really stand up for one of their own and lead the revolution, a global revolution, you know? But then on the other hand, I felt a type of way. I felt a type of way because I still had friends, former coworkers, people that I love and care about that are still in the city in the midst of everything that's happening. You know, I have people telling me that everything around them has burned down. I have a friend who was offered up hotels to stay because of everything that was happening around her. And I just had this pull on my heart, this tug. And I just felt like I needed to be there to support those people and to help and to march and to protest and to clean up and to volunteer. And I just had all these feelings and these emotions. And here I am a thousand miles away feeling absolutely helpless. I was talking with a friend the other day and she said she felt the exact same. So ever since the pandemic had started, a friend of mine who lives in Minneapolis, she's been working from home. Minneapolis, so she went back to Alabama and she said she felt the exact way. Like, that's that's my backyard. That's, that's my city. Like, I have, I have a connection there and I'm not there to help anyone. So it was difficult to really kind of go through and process those emotions and feelings when everything happened. But I had to remind myself that... This revolution has so many parts to it. There are people who need to have boots on the ground. They need to be out there marching. They need to be out there protesting. You know, these are people who are literally putting their bodies and their lives on the line. And then there are other people who can put on the suits and they can pull out the notepads and they can sit down with the lawmakers and they can discuss the things that need to be changed. Again. They can just, you know, they're the ones who are at the table discussing, you know, how to dismantle systemic racism. 
And then there are other people who have the funds and the dollars that can continuously pour into this revolution, whether that be through donating money through GoFundMes for individuals and their families that have been affected. Maybe they're donating towards the bail bonds, whatever it may be. There are people who have substantial dollars that they can continue to lend. And then there are people that I feel like kind of hold people, you know, there are individuals out there. I'd like to consider myself one who are empathetic and they're the ones who are checking on everyone, who are listening to people, who are, you know, just really opening up themselves to receive all this tension and all this weight that so many people are holding. Everyone has a different role to play throughout this revolution. And at first I just felt so bad because I I was too afraid to go out and protest because my goodness they're shooting people with rubber bullets like a man here in Dallas lost his left eye and some of his teeth from a left from a rubber bullet. And so just seeing how intense that can be honestly scared me. And I just did not think that I would be able to support the revolution in that fashion. So instead, I've been the one who has been trying to reach out to people. I'm the one who's signing petitions, you know, emailing the the lawmakers, the attorney generals. You know, every time you get on Instagram, you see email this person, email that one. That's what I wake up and do in the mornings. Like that's the very least that I can do. I can continue to donate when and where I can. And that's where I fit in. But man, it has been, it has been one intense spring and early summer for black and brown people. And I just, I think we're still, we're all still working through it. We all still have a lot of work to do. Um, Every day we hear about another innocent black person who has lost their lives at the hands of the police or at the hands of the system that was not made for people like us. It was designed, you know, not to benefit us. So it's, it's been hard. And I just really wanted to, to touch on that in this episode. Um, I'll be sure to provide some links in the description and some resources for you all if you want to continue to further learn about systemic racism and just kind of understanding what it's like to be a Black person to experience this. And for all of my Black and Brown individuals that are listening, I'm definitely going to provide some mental health resources for you because if you think you had anxiety and depression and you were feeling... (laughs) you know, tense about life before all of this was brought to the forefront. Because but if you're ex- you're finally starting to feel the weight of everything that's been happening, I will be sure to provide some mental health resources for you all to check out as well because we have to take care of ourselves and we have to take care of one another. I still want this to be an enjoyable, fun, you know, funny podcast to listen to. So I'm going to try and make that happen. Um, This episode is going to go out soon, and you can always check the Instagram at your fave margpod. 
um, for updates on new episodes. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram at your favorite Mark. Feel free to follow. Feel free to send me a DM. Um, I would love to chat it up with you guys. But yeah, I mean, I want this to be fun. I want this to be exciting, but I also want to be real and I want to be honest with you all as well. And it just didn't sit well with me to start an episode speaking about myself without addressing everything that's been happening over the past, you know, three months. So we still have a lot of work to do. The revolution is still happening, but I want you guys to come back to the podcast because I'm going to be talking about some fun stuff. I'm going to do my best to make you guys laugh. And I just want to be a space where you all can come and relax and take a break from time to time. Um, So be sure to check me out later this summer.